Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, and we are here with the Hollywood Life podcast, and I just want that song to keep going. Like, hold on. It is so <laughs> fabulous, and we are so lucky here today to have in the Hollywood Life podcast studio the composer and singer of that song, Cord Overstreet. Welcome. Thank you very much. Hey. It's, it's I, I keep, a, keep the applause going. I love all the applause I can get. <laughs> so... <laughs> You can have all the applause that you want. We just want to keep, we want to talk to you and we want to keep listening to that song. And someone else who wants to listen to that song is Avery Thompson, our entertainment editor. And she loves Hold On. Yes. I heard it on the Vampire Diaries finale and couldn't stop listening to it for like a straight month. So. I'll take, I'll take all the fans I can get. Just keep. Keep streaming it and oh um, yes, keep just, close to the mic. I'll, I'll stay really close. Oh, uh, thank you, thank you very much. Of course, I know it was it was such a perfect choice um, for the finale of the Vampire Diaries, and because it's such an emotional song, and that of course was a very emotional moment. How did you find out? Like, how did that all happen? That it it and that it became the song of the finale. Uh, it was kind of an accidental thing. I I send a lot of my music to friends. Um, just to kind of get their take on it because uh, I'm biased when it comes to my own music. And I sent it to my friend Nina Dobrev and she played uh-huh. it for, she was like, we're actually filming the uh, last episode of Vampire Diaries and I played it for the creator, uh, Julie Fleck, and uh, she wants to use it in the last episode. Would you be down with that? And I'd be like, uh, I said, yeah, sure. And the next like two weeks later, it was in the finale and they use like the whole song like to end the episode and that was just a great spot uh, for the song and I was like it was just it was just really awesome and to be able to hear a song that you've written like on a TV show was really cool yeah and such a and such a key episode a key moment yeah and that fan base is really crazy in, a, in, in the best way and they uh, you know they uh, freaked out and had a had a great reaction to the song so I mean it couldn't have been a better spot well, it's such an emotional song, and that was a very emotional finale. Yeah. I mean, with you know Stefan gone, <laughs> and then the reuniting that we've been waiting for for like two years, forever. That's right, like forever. of Elena and uh, Damon. And how do you know Nina? Uh, I mean, we've been friends for forever. I mean, I've we just kind of used to always go to the same events with, and she was friends with a couple people on my show, and she would come by set here and there, and. And I've just been friendly with her since uh, probably we started the show. And, you know, kind of we, uh, I think we originally met going down to Coachella. We went oh, yeah, down she's to Coachella a huge like Coachella a, fan, yeah. Yeah, we all, we, all, we all love going down there for the weekend. But we, uh, we went down there and 
it was probably like 2010 or 2011, and then I, we've just been friends, friends since. Well, you know, you believe in in um, storytelling. That storytelling is the essence of songwriting. Yeah. So that's great to hear actually the story. Yeah. Um, behind how the song ended up on Vampire Diaries. Now, can you tell us more about how this song came to be? Because fans talk about it a lot. There's a lot of speculation. Yeah, I mean, how the song happened for me was um, it was kind of a bunch of different things were going on in my life at the time. Uh, I'd kind of been through this tumultuous relationship that really uh, it, it was a it was just it was just a lot of kind of a tornado of things that happened with it. And uh, on top of that, I lost a one of my best friends to it, addiction um, and you know, the next day the song kind of just kind of came out, uh, with all that stuff. And, uh, it was kind of both of those kind of things kind of merged into what the song was. Right. That's really interesting. So when, what year was it when you wrote this? How long ago? 2013, maybe, uh, you know, I was just dealing with a lot of stuff and I didn't have a lot of, you know, once when you, when you lose somebody you're close to, regardless of if it's, you know, a breakup, regardless of if it's, uh, you know, losing, you know, a, some person passing away uh there's there's uh you don't really care about all the stuff that kind of all the bad and everything you kind of just have you would do anything just to get that person back and you still you realize that you love you know love is stronger than all the shitty stuff that you know people go through in mm -hmm. relationships right um and so I, just, I kind of wanted to just convey the um the unconditional love that you might have for somebody well it really does i mean it's absolutely beautiful and so it's about a uh, the combination of a love relationship that uh, clearly you felt very uh, strongly yeah, about that person. It was kind of a, it was a, it was like if I had ever just dealing recently dealing with the, you know, a loss of a friend, it was like, it was more of a situation of like, what would I do if I ever lost this person that I was intimately involved with? And I, you know, it's like, I honestly don't know what I would do because I would still, I would still want that person. Right. So that was kind of the um, the ultimate message behind the song. Well, I think that that message will like really apply to a lot of people. Um, it, it was just more of just like it was inspired by my personal relationships in life, and it's it, there's a lot of I mean I've I've had a lot of situations to where I've, you know I've combined stories of you know emotions, mm -hmm. and I think that the whole point of music is to you know relate to somebody on an emotional level, right? And in terms of like the other songs that are on your new EP, Tortured Souls, Wreck Me, Screw Paris, Take Me Home. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're all very, I mean, they're beautiful and they're all uh, seem to be ballads and also stories in some way. Yeah. And the, the EPs, it's not necessarily as much of um, like the EP that I would have for my music as much as it is just, just I wanted to put songs the, all those songs are just songs that I had, and the reason why it's called Treehouse Tapes is because I kind of just wrote them at night at my house, and I live kind of like up in like, a, it looks like a treehouse. Um, and so I kind of wrote those alone by myself at night, and it was one of those things where I just wanted to put just music out for people to listen to while they went and looked for uh, the hold on. So it's not necessarily everything is going to be in that vein, but that was just kind of the more intimate stuff that I wanted to put out. 
back to hold on for just a second. When you released the original version, were you did you intend to make it a remix or how did that come about? Uh, I don't think anybody really ever intends <laughs> to make something a remix. That's good. I mean, I think that like, you know, I think that the remixes kind of happen when they hear something that's like, oh, wow, I really that's mm -hmm. that there's something special about that. I want to put this, you know, like, for instance, like the Wake Me Up song. I don't you know, I don't think anybody goes in anything trying to, you know, put it in a category or box it into something. I think it's just kind of, you know, somebody with ears is like, oh, you know what you could do with this and they flip it and it makes it sometimes even bigger. Um, but no, I did. I, I don't think. When, I, when you're writing a song, you, you think about remixes. But it is really interesting. I mean, I like remixes. I like hearing different versions mm -hmm. of songs because uh, it, it just it brings out different aspects and shows the depth of a song. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that I think that I like listening to. I mean, I've heard like I have a friend that does a lot of um, kind of electronic uh, music and I heard like three different remixes of his stuff and it's all completely different. And uh it's a really cool way to it just it's it's like it's it's a form of art because you're seeing something painted a different way do you think that um like you you grew up in a family that mm -hmm. was just full of music your dad paul is overstreet he's a, a well-known writer like a very accomplished writer does he only really write country songs He's written for a lot of country artists um he i mean he's, he he writes pretty much everything i mean he's written songs with hip hop R&B artists really? out in L.A. with my brother, and uh, they, they're actually really fun songs. They have this one song that I, I don't think they'll ever, I don't know if they'll ever put it out, but it's called "Beer, Sex, and Tacos," and it's pretty, <laughs> it's it's pretty it's pretty hilarious. But he writes a lot of like, I mean, he writes pretty much everything. But he wrote, you know, the song "When You Say Nothing at All" for Allison Krauss and Keith Woodley, and uh, then I think Ronan Keating did it, and it was in Notting Hill, and he's done stuff for Blake Shelton, Kenny Chesney, and uh, Randy Travis, and so. He's been writing music for like 40 years. Now, did his parents, were they also musical? Like, is this something that goes back generations in your family? Um, his, I think his whole family really kind of was musical in the sense of like they kind of all grew up singing in church and, uh, you know, in the South. And he moved out to L.A. Um, or not L.A., California with his. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss uh, dad when he was like uh, probably like it was 14 13 14 in that age range and that's when he kind of first like learned about music really and got really interested in it and then he moved out after high school when he was like 17 and moved to nashville and then kind of just started singing and playing and then became uh became the writer he is today so did he meet your mother in nashville yeah and so did she also come from a musical background no she was actually his uh hairdresser and like ah. makeup artist on the, like one of his first shoots and he kind of gave her he gave her shit and he was like hey everybody here looks a little pale don't you think that everybody <laughs> here is like and and she went back and looked at it and everybody did he was right uh but that's how they met and then they got married like a month later wow so she, 
love it. Wow. Sight. A month later. Yeah, and they're 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 still married. So that's amazing. What do they tell you about that? Like, how was that? Is it love? Was it love at first sight? How did I they manage know. to do that? When when Khloe Kardashian did that, <laughs> married Lamar after a month, it did not work out. Yeah, well, you got an NBA, you know, athlete and somebody from a reality TV show. I don't think that's really gonna. You know, I don't think that's uh, that's the not same a good scenario. recipe. No, I think it's. I think a lot of their uh, stuff. The reason why their marriage worked was kind of a faith based kind of. Uh, it was. Uh, they were both really heavily into, um, you know, reading a lot of the Bible and doing a lot of oh. that's kind of, I think, I don't think it would have worked without divine intervention, oh. <laughs> knowing my mom and knowing my dad, like I wouldn't be, I, I love both of them so much, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine how one stays married to the other. Oh, really? <laughs> I mean, relationships are hard. I, I, I've had, a, I've had a hard time with it. I don't know how, how people can stay in a relationship. Is uh, she in, is she like a Nashville native? No, she's from, I mean, she's an army brat. So she moved around from like, you know, Philly, Oklahoma, uh, Michigan, and kind of everywhere in the Midwest. Uh, and then she moved to Nashville and stayed there. So why do, why do you find relationships hard? <laughs> uh, I just find relationships hard because I think finding somebody that syncs up with, especially in this industry, like you're always, you're always busy, you're always traveling, you're always gone. And finding somebody who gets that in that, that kind of lets you be you and doesn't try to, you know, people just in general, I'm, I'm probably the same way people require a lot. I require a lot, you know, and, and so it's hard to kind of juggle those, you know, wants and desires in your career in the same, in the same world. But I think when you figure out or when you find that person that you can do that with, I think that's when it kind of works. But I'm talking about shit that I have no clue about. So, <laughs> I, I, you know, my, I have, I haven't. I mean, I think for me, a relationship to be successful, it still has to be going on. So, <laughs> in other words, you're not in a relationship right now. In other words, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess it gives you lots of material for songs. Yeah, you know, I think the there's there's it's it's weird because when you when you come out of a relationship, you have great emotions and then you have terrible emotions. And I don't mean like, I don't mean that how it sounds, but like, you, you know, you, there's like good things about it uh, being single and there's like the bad stuff. And so you can kind of write the fun, like F you type, I'm going to go out and drink and have a good time songs or you can write the, oh man, like dark, depressing, like super I'm sad, sad songs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I think that that's the great thing about music is it's kind of like your own little journal. You can... And that's why uh, I look at a lot of songs that I've written and songs that are out now. I you know wrote years ago from other relationships, and they're you know from they're from multiple different relationships. So you kind of listen to that, and it's almost like going back in time, and you remember what phase you are in life when you when you wrote it, and what state you were kind of in, and even like the, the location. I, I you know that's kind of the stuff that I'm. It's very much like a journal to me. You know, music is so essential to our souls. I mean, it's been around since the dawn of time. Like people, as soon as they could talk, they mm -hmm. sang and they danced. Why do you think, though, that our society doesn't value music enough? I mean, look at like when they cut education programs, they always cut music and arts. I think it's because the people who are operating the systems don't understand music and they don't really, they didn't grow up with any kind of a pedigree with music. And I, I think that, you know, it's kind of statistic. It's statistically proven that the part of the brain that you know 
um, just even listens to music is it, like it it helps. I mean, like I, I'll listen to music when I not like actual songs, but like classical music when I read and stuff, and I retain a lot more for some reason. Like if something's like no, but that's if I, right, yeah. I don't know classical what it is. music is supposed to help you do what, math better. I don't know what it is, but there's something <laughs> there's 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 like statistics that you know show like music helping the cerebral cerebral activity, and I don't I I honestly like think that like the people that really don't care about that i mean i don't know it's that's a that's a difficult question <laughs> but I, I i love music and i i grew up listening to all the great stuff like james taylor uh paul simon um the eagles elvis presley and my parents kind of made me listen to all that stuff and so now i really have appreciation for great music so when i hear something that's not that great i just go back and listen to the classics well it's quite different though your taste because i mean elvis is very different from james taylor and paul simon yeah but there was this cartoon that i used to watch that i became obsessed with which was it was called rock a doodle and there's this cartoon about this like elvis type rooster i was probably like three or four years old and, and <laughs> it was the, his voice was glenn campbell and my dad had done a lot of songs with glenn campbell and so i always thought i always i was like three and i, th- I thought this <laughs> This this cartoon character was like the coolest thing ever, and he was like Elvis. And so I listened to every, and then from then on, I listened to like every Elvis record. I would go down to the basement, like four years old, and just listen to the songs over and over and over again. Um, I could see that. I mean, he's so much fun, like the energy yeah, in his songs. It's just, and it was like, it's like nothing you, it was like nothing I'd ever heard. Uh, and but my dad got a phone call one day from Glenn Campbell, and Glenn Campbell was talking because they they worked together and did songs together and. Uh, He's like, hey, Cord, I got, I got uh, Rock-A-Doodle on the phone for you, the cartoon <laughs> oh, character. Boy. And so I talked to him, and I was so freaked out. And I talked to him for like three or four minutes, and was like quizzing him about thinking this was like a, this is a real, this is really happening because I couldn't imagine like this cartoon coming to life, which was the movie was the cartoon comes to life at the end. So it was really freaky. And uh, anyways, long story short, I just became obsessed with Elvis after that. And uh, uh, yeah, I just that's the type of music that I've always loved. Did Elvis inspire you to dance also? Uh, nobody really inspires me to dance. I, I really, I don't like dancing unless I'm like like 12 tequila shots in. <laughs> well, how'd you learn to dance though for Glee? You danced on Glee. Uh, that was a lot of <laughs> editing and a lot of, um, no, I don't, it was one of those things where when you do anything for, you know, five days a week, you know, 14 hours a day, you're bound to get decent at it after a while. Um, but yeah, I was dancing is just not. I it, it it's a different it's a different movement that I I don't know how people can do it that amazing. Understandable. It's no, like, I'm not. You're stick also to your own art. Yeah, you're also dancing with these people who are like professional dancers who dance with like Beyonce and you you're just like watching them and then there's a mirror right in front of you and you're dancing with and you're watching yourself and you're like, kill me. This is just oh. <laughs> Well, you did okay. I did all right. Yeah, you no, did I, okay. I, I figured it out. Do you? Did you vote for? Did you vote for? I'm going to call her Brittany. <laughs> Brittany at Dancing with the Stars. I've been so bad about watching TV. Honestly, I've just kind of been like, I've been on the road or in the studio, and I literally haven't even flipped on a TV in a few months, probably. Are you in touch with any of your other former co-stars? Uh, yeah, I, from I, Glee? yeah, I talked to I talked to a few of them here, or there, and uh, I saw I had went out for drinks with uh, Harry Shum like uh, 
this last week. Yeah, talk about a good dancer. Exactly. But he's, now he's doing Shadowhunters, so he's doing yeah, something now he's, different. He's killing it. Yeah. He's and he's like one of the nicest guys. You know what I mean? Hard worker and just like just a great hang to go get a beer with. So Well, I'll tell you what they need to be doing. I hope they're listening to you. And I hope they're all listening to hold on. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Me too. I hope everybody's listening to it. <laughs> so, Court, thank you so much for coming thank by you, yeah. our Hollywood Life podcast. And everyone, you gotta, if you don't already have a copy downloaded of hold on the remix then you must get it right away and also listen to the treehouse tapes and we are looking forward to hearing more music from you thank you very much i got a lot coming so oh well come back when yeah. you've got it already yeah. you want to hear it all right thank you